Now we come to that section that is after we have been introduced to heedless and too bold. I think if I'm not mistaken, if I am, please someone stop me and tell me. I think we take up today the reading where it says, Then the pilgrims desired with trembling to go forward. Is that correct? Is that what everybody has? The pilgrims desired with trembling to go forward. Only they prayed their God, their, their guide to strike a light that they might go the rest of their way by the help of the light of a lantern. So he struck a light, and they went by the help of that through the rest of this way, through the darkness, very great. Darkness, very great. I wanted to read a comment I've me made. He said, the word of God is the only light to direct our steps. He who neglects this is a fool. He who sets up and looks for any other light to direct him is mad and knows not what he does. As folly and madness beset him, danger and distress will come upon him. Trembling souls will attend closely to God's word. So it is this light, no doubt, of which Bunyan is speaking when he says that the guide struck a light for them to walk in. Now Bunyan tells us that, but the children began to be sorely weary, and they cried out unto him that loveth pilgrims to make their way more comfortable. So by that they had gone a little farther, a wind arose that drove away the fog. So the air became more clear. Yet they were not off by much from the of the enchanted ground. Now only they could see one now now only now they could see one another better and the way wherein they should walk. Now when they were almost at the end of this ground, they perceived that a little before them was a solemn noise as of one that was much concerned. So they went on and looked before them, and behold, they saw, as they thought, a man upon his knees with hands and eyes lifted up and speaking, as they thought, earnestly to one that was above. They drew nigh but could not tell what he said. So they went softly till they had done. When, uh, till, he, uh, till he had done. That is, done with his speaking. When he had done, he got up, began to run towards the celestial city. Then Mr. Greatheart called after him, saying, So ho, friend, 
Let us have your company if you go, as I suppose you do, to the celestial city. So the man stopped. and They came up to him. But as soon as Mr. Honest saw him, he said, I know this man. Then said Mr. Valiant for truth, Prithee, who is he? It is one, said he, that comes from whereabout I dwelt. His name is Standfast. He is certainly a right good pilgrim. So they came up one to another, and presently Standfast said to old Honest, Ho, Father Honest, are you there? I said he, that I am, as sure as you are there. Right glad am I, said Mr. Standfast, that I have found you on this road. And as glad am I, said the other, that I spied you on your knees. Then Mr. Standfast blushed and said, But why, did you see me? Yes, that I did, quoth the other. And with my heart, with my heart was glad at the sight. Why, what did you think, said Stanfast. Think, said old Honest. What should I think? I thought we had an honest man upon the road, and therefore should have his company by and by. If you thought not amiss, said Stanfast, how happy am I. But if I be not as I should, Tis I alone must bear it. That is true, said the other, but your fear doth further confirm me that things are right betwixt the prince of pilgrims and your soul. For he saith, Blessed is the man that feareth always. Valiant for truth said, Well, but brother, I pray thee, tell us, what was it that was the cause of thy being upon thy knees even now? Was it for that some special mercy laid objections, uh, obligations upon thee, or how? McGuire said, Concerning, he picks up on this phrase. He said they said that paragraph earlier. They said that he, they saw one that was much concerned. McGuire said the intensity of the danger and the extreme necessity of the pilgrim pilgrims at this stage are well described by this scene of this praying pilgrim standfast. Behold, he prayeth. What darkness hath befallen him? What danger threatened him? What sore affliction is it that hath thus brought him to his knees? Standfast, no doubt, has borne many a brunt of battle. And in the days of open danger has been uh, comparison. I'm sorry. Yes, comparison for the flight and has fought this battle bravely. But he is now walking amid the enchantments of earthly sense. And lo, an enchantress stands beside him 
to allure him from the path of safety. In this time of danger, the tempted pilgrim betakes himself to prayer. Now we're going to be introduced here shortly to Madam Bubble, but McGuire's point there is that when the question is asked, what is it that drove him to this intense prayer? McGuire says it's not the heat of battle. He's withstood many a battle. It's not the, it's not the torture of oppression. It's none of these things. The grave danger is this temptress, this woman, this bubble that is close at hand now. <clears throat> and he is preparing himself. Standfast says, why we are, as you see, upon the enchanted ground. And as I was coming along, I was musing with myself of what a dangerous nature the road in this place was and how many that had come even thus far on pilgrimage had here been stopped and destroyed, been destroyed. I thought also of the manner of the death with which this place destroyeth men. Those that die here die of no violent distemper. The death which such die is not grievous to them. For he that goeth away in a sleep begins that journey with desire and pleasure. Yea, such acquiescence in the will of that acquiesce in the will of that disease. In other words, when you go off into death from a sleep, you went into that journey with great pleasure. And he's warning that the danger that lay on this ground is exactly that. Not that you'll be taken away in the violence of battle, but that you'll be taken away willingly by giving yourself to, to the temptations and basically falling asleep willingly in the arms of destruction. Then Mr. Honest interrupting him said, Did you see the two men asleep in the arbor? Standfast says, Aye, aye. I saw Heedless and Two Bowl there. And for all I know, there they will lie till they rot. But let me go on with my tale. As I was thus musing, as I said, there was one in very pleasant attire, but old, who presented herself to me and offered me three things. Three things. To wit, her body, her purse, and her bed. Now, truth is, I was both weary and sleepy. I am also as poor as an owlet, and that perhaps the witch knew. Well, I repulsed her once and again, but she put by my repulsive repulses and smiled. Then I began to be angry, but she mattered that nothing at all. Then she made offers again and said if I would be ruled by her, she would make me great and happy. For said she, I am the mistress of the world and men are made happy by me. Then I asked her name, and she told me it was 
Madam Bubble. This set me further from her, but she still followed me with enticements. Then I betook, I betook me, as you saw, to my knees. And with hands lifted up and cries, I prayed to him that had said he would help. So just as you came up, the gentlewoman went her way. Then I continued to give thanks for this my great deliverance. For I verily believe she intended no good, but rather sought to make stop of me in my journey. So the temptations of Madame Bubble. McGuire describes her. He says, here is the world. With its chief enchantments, tempting what remains of the carnal sense and the fleshly mind, so as to wake up its last surviving spark of earthliness and lull the new man into a deadly sleep. This phantom world, this painted party-colored bubble that men covet and chase and cherish and for which most men sell their very souls, this earthly element now strives to tempt the pilgrim. Now remember, they're toward the end of the journey here. They're very near the end of the whole journey. And they have been through much with great victory and success. And right here at the end comes Madam Bubble. Earthly bounty. McGuire says, this is the Delilah of the pilgrimage. The enchantress of the enchanted ground. If thou wilt but lay thy head upon her lap and rest thee, while she lulls thee into sleep, all thy days are henceforth days of weakness, blindness, and captivity. Had the strong Samson knelt in prayer in the day of the Philistines, he had been steadfast to the end. But rather than kneeling in prayer, he slept, as many sleep, on the enchanted ground, in the lap of the enchantress, and all was lost. Hmm. Avmi said, He who feareth always will pray evermore. The fear of the heart will bring pilgrims on their knees. He who fears to be or go wrong will pray to be set right. The Lord will direct the heart and order the goings and all who cry to him. Fear and prayer go hand in hand. Joys shall attend them. Fear and prayer go hand in hand. 
He feared what this woman would do. Honest says, without a doubt, her designs were bad. But stay, now you talk of her. Methinks I either have seen her or have read some story of her. Standfast says, perhaps you have done both. Honest says, Madam Bubble, is she not a tall, comely dame, something of a swarthy complexion? All right, you hit it. She is just such a one. Does she not speak very smoothly and give you a smile at the end of a sentence? You fall right upon it again, for these are her very actions. Does she not wear a great purse by her side, and is not her hand often in it, fingering her money as if that was her heart's delight? Tis just so. Had she stood by all this while, you could not more amply have set her forth before me, nor have better described her features. Honest says, then he that drew her picture was a good limner, and he that wrote of her said true. A limner is uh, a person, that's an old English word. It, it, it is a person who, uh, it's a title for a person who does coloring and painting for illustrating books. It's an illustrator. We would call him an illustrator, an artist that's an illustrator. He that drew her picture was a good limner. And he that wrote of her said true. Greatheart says, this woman is a witch. And it is by virtue of her sorceries that this ground is enchanted. Whoever doth lay his head down in her lap had as good lay it down on that block over which the axe doth hang. And whoever lay their eyes upon her beauty are counted the enemies of God. This is she that maintaineth in her splendor all those that are the enemies of pilgrims. Yea, this is she that hath bought off many a man from a pilgrim's life. She is a great gossiper. She is always, both she and her daughters, at one pilgrim's heels or another, now commending and then preferring the excellencies of this life. She is a bold and impudent slut. She will talk with any man. She always laugheth poor pilgrims to scorn, but highly commends the rich. If there be one cunning to get money in a place, she will speak well of him from house to house. She loveth banqueting and feasting mainly well. She is always at one full table or another. She has given it out in some places that she is a goddess, and therefore some do worship her. She has her time and open places of cheating. And she will say and avow it that none can show a good comparable to hers. She promiseth to dwell with children's children if they will but love her and make much of her. She will cast out of her purse gold like dust in some places and to some persons. She loves to be sought after, spoken well of, and to lie in the bosoms of men. She is never weary of commending her commodities, and she loves them most that think best of her. She will promise to some crowns and kingdoms if they will but take her advice. Yet many has she brought to the halter 
and 10,000 times more to hell. My goodness. That is a formidable description. <laughs> that is one of the most lengthy descriptions of a single character in all of Bunyan's writings. It is packed with meaning and with illustration. You could spend a good deal of time, if you would like, taking them apart one at a time, these varying descriptions of her, and find out that they one and all apply specifically to the things of this world. This world. Oh, said Stanfast, what a mercy is it that I did resist her? For whither might she have drawn me? Whither, says Greatheart. Nay, none but God knows whither. But in general, to be sure, she would have drawn thee into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. T'was she that set Absalom against his father. And Jeroboam against his master. T'was she that persuaded Judas to sell his Lord. And that prevailed with Demas to forsake the godly pilgrim's life. None can tell of the mischief that she doeth. She maketh variance between, betwixt rulers and subjects. Between, betwixt parents and children. Betwixt neighbor and neighbor. Betwixt a man and his wife. Betwixt a man and himself. Betwixt the flesh and the spirit. Wherefore good stand fast be as your name is. And when you have done all stand. Stand fast says Lord I have no telling where this woman may have taken me. And uh, great heart says indeed whither. Let me just tell you where she could have taken you. And he starts naming. All the things that this woman could have done if she'd gotten her claws in him. Bunyan very wisely says that at this discourse, there was among the pilgrims a mixture of joy and trembling. But at length they broke out and sang. What danger is the pilgrim in? How many are his foes? How many ways there are to sin? No living mortal knows. Some in the ditch are spoiled, yes can, lie trembling in the mire. Some, though they shun the frying pan, do leap into the fire. Hmm. What a thing. Great descriptions here of Madame Bubble. Great descriptions of Standfast. His only hope, his only deliverance from her was prayer. His hands lifted, his eyes lifted. To the one that has promised, Bunyan says, to give help. It is very difficult 
for men, especially toward the end of their lives. Especially if God has favored them with blessings. It is very difficult. There is great danger in the attraction of the world. And it's very easy to yield to Madam Bubble. Her offerings are outstanding, stupendous. But of course with all of them there is that she will bring them to halter and eventually to hell. They forsake the pilgrim way to rest in the fancies of Madam Bubble, then their life would be lost in the end. There's much to contemplate there. I think we'll stop as far as the reading is concerned. I have some readings that go along with this that I want to share with you, and I will share them with you on next week. A uh, good bit of reading, more than I could cover today. And so we'll just pause here, not stop, but pause here. And uh, I would ask you to reread sometime this week this short section that I've just read and contemplate, contemplate what exactly is happening here, and especially the cunning, craftiness, and persistence, persistence. He says she or her, her daughters are always at the heels of some pilgrim. She never tires. Contemplate these things this week, and we'll take some readings next week uh, concerning this very critical portion of Bunyan's writings. Would any of you care to share thoughts or comments, questions from this reading as it stands? Yeah. That is cross the map. We need to be to the shop. And they can get you to remember ourselves, but maybe not participate in something. 
I thought it was a wonderful testimony. You pass through it quickly and it's easy to miss the value of the testimony that Standfast is giving. After all, his name is Standfast. When he says in this paragraph, he's talking about all that she does, her offers and great gain and happiness and all this, that and other. And then he asked her name. And she said, Madam Bubble. And instantly, Bunyan says, it, it just right there, as soon as her name is pronounced, Madam Bubble, Standfast says, this set me further from her. <laughs> this set me further from her. Immediately. Just, just hearing her name. Immediately. Set him further from her. What a great testimony that is. I would to God I could say that. I would to God that I could say that it has always been my instant reaction to the world's temptations. I can't. But steadfast could. He testified. The notice just, it strikes me the immediacy with which he responds to her name. Instant reaction. He backs off of her. But she followed him still. <laughs> That's the persistence I was talking about. She still followed me with enticements. Noteworthy, I think. Any other comment? <laughs> Yes. We find not no word of her approaching group. Right. In fact, she fled. Yeah, that's exactly right, brother.
It's a wonderful thought. As you say, I don't know if Bunyan specifically had it in mind, but it's certainly pertinent and relevant to the situation. All right.